Welcome to the Science Lab, a show that explores the latest technologies and revolutionary scientific findings from around the world. In today's episode, we'll cover scientists recording brainwaves of patients to potentially enable communication without words, the development of dictionaries of animal sounds for human-to-animal translation services with ethical concerns, the study of fossilized teeth to understand the evolution and recovery of mammals after the asteroid extinction, the creation of a plant-based water filter that can trap microplastic particles, the investigation of iron squeezed into hexaferrum to understand the behavior of Earth's core, and the discovery of how bacteria reshape oil droplets to optimize bioremediation. Scientists at the University of California, Berkeley, have made a fascinating discovery. They managed to record a Pink Floyd song from the brainwaves of patients. And you know what? This breakthrough technology could pave the way for communication without words. The researchers, Dr. Robert Knight and Ludovic Bellier, analyzed the electrical activity of 29 epileptic patients undergoing brain surgery. These patients had electrodes placed on their brain surfaces, and while they were having their surgery, Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall, Part 1 Inch was playing in the background. Using artificial intelligence, Bellier reconstructed the song from the electrical activity in each patient's brain. The result is both eerie and intriguing. But there's more to this research. It could lead to the development of better brain-machine interfaces. That means paralyzed patients, like Stephen Hawking, could express themselves without sounding robotic. Eventually, people might be able to type text just by thinking. How amazing would that be? This breakthrough research could also shed light on why some patients with speech disorders can sing but not speak. It might even help stroke and ALS patients, as well as those with nonverbal apraxia. To address any privacy concerns, Knight and Bellier emphasize that these feats currently require surgery. They assure us that the technology they developed merely serves as a keyboard for the mind. And hey, privacy issues can be dealt with. When a wireless EEG is done on a patient, the signal is encrypted. So we're on the brink of exciting things, the fusion of neuroscience and computer engineering. And the possibilities are endless. Human-to-animal translation services could become a reality thanks to the efforts of scientists who are currently working on creating dictionaries of zoological sounds. By utilizing artificial intelligence and analyzing language patterns in recordings of various species, researchers are on the hunt for a digital Rosetta Stone that can unlock the meanings behind animal sounds. Just as archaeologists deciphered ancient languages, this digital tool aims to help humans understand the language of animals. Throughout their investigations, scientists have made intriguing discoveries about the communication between different species. Animals, it seems, love to chat with one another. This is especially evident in the relationship between pollinators and plants. For example, when a buzzing honeybee's frequency is played near a flower, the plant responds by producing more nectar and sweeter nectar at that. Moreover, plants emit high-frequency ultrasound that varies based on their state of hydration, health, or stress. Insects can detect these sounds, and AI algorithms can be trained to interpret them, indicating the plant's condition. Interestingly, bats are more similar to humans than we may think. Contrary to their association in Western culture with blood-sucking vampires, bats congregate, maintain friendships, remember favors, hold grudges, and even have individual names. They use these names to identify gender, kinship, and family. Baby bats learn to communicate in a similar way to how humans learn language, babbling and imitating their parents until they grasp it. 
With their extraordinary hearing abilities, microphones can pick up bats communicating even when hidden in the bushes, showing the power of sound as a means of understanding their behavior. Despite these remarkable advancements, ethical concerns arise regarding the potential misuse of these recordings. There is a fear that without clear ethical standards, hunters, for example, could potentially exploit the communication with certain animals, manipulatively affecting their populations. Additionally, scientists ponder whether animals genuinely desire to communicate with humans, as the issue of consent remains unresolved. If we were to engage in conversation with animals, it is crucial to ensure it is respectful and mutually beneficial. In summary, the quest for human-to-animal translation services holds tremendous potential. Communication between species is more prevalent and complex than previously thought, and decoding animal sounds could provide fascinating insights into their lives. However, we must approach these advancements ethically, guarding against misuse and respecting the consent and well-being of our animal companions. Today, we're diving deep into the fascinating world of prehistoric creatures and the impacts of dramatic events on our planet. Joining us is Dr. Kendra Kritz, an assistant professor in the UBC Department of Earth, Ocean, and Atmospheric Sciences, who is leading a groundbreaking research project on mammal dominance after the asteroid impact that wiped out the non-avian dinosaurs. So, Dr. Kritz, how did mammals take over the Earth after the extinction of the dinosaurs? It's quite a remarkable transformation. Well, it all started with the Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction event, which wiped out a staggering 75% of Earth's species. If this catastrophic event hadn't occurred, we'd still be tiny rat-like creatures scurrying around between dinosaur feet. The reason we don't know much about this period is that fossils of smaller organisms, like mammals, don't preserve as well as larger organisms. However, in recent years, researchers discovered a gold mine of mammal fossils in Colorado, providing us with valuable clues. Fascinating. Now let's talk about your research methods. How will you use teeth to uncover the secrets of this era? Teeth are like time capsules in the fossil record. They are incredibly well-preserved, offering valuable insights into an organism's ecology and behavior. We will be analyzing the chemistry of fossilized teeth to explore changes in mammal diet and ecology after the asteroid impact. By studying the chemical elements and signatures in these teeth, we can understand the climate, food sources, and the role these mammals played in the food web. Intriguing. And what can we learn about climate change from this mass extinction event? The Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction event was a time of rapid climate and biodiversity changes, much like what we're experiencing today. By studying how ecosystems recovered after such a catastrophic event, we can gain valuable insights into the long-term consequences of our current climate challenges. We're hoping this research will shed light on how our planet can recover after a sudden mass extinction event and provide important lessons for the future. Thank you, Dr. Kritz, for sharing these fascinating insights into the rise of mammals and the connections to climate change. It's truly mind-boggling to think about the profound impact that events millions of years ago have on our present and future. Plants could hold the key to solving the pressing issue of microplastic pollution. Researchers at the University of British Columbia's Bioproducts Institute have discovered that by incorporating tannins, natural compounds found in plants that create a puckering sensation when biting into an unripe fruit, into a layer of wood dust, they can develop a filter that effectively traps all microplastic particles present in water. Although this experiment is still in the laboratory stage, 
the team is confident that once they find the right industry partner, the solution can easily and inexpensively be scaled up. Microplastics are minuscule plastic fragments derived from the degradation of consumer products and industrial waste. Dr. Orlando Rojas, the scientific director of the Institute and the Canada Excellence Research Chair in Forest Bioproducts, emphasizes the difficulty of keeping microplastics out of water supplies. He cites a study revealing that virtually all tap water is contaminated with microplastics and predicts that over 10 billion tons of mismanaged plastic waste will be dispersed in the environment by 2025. Many proposed solutions to combat microplastic pollution are either costly or challenging to implement on a larger scale. However, the researchers at UBC are suggesting a solution that is both scalable and environmentally friendly. Their filter, unlike plastic filters, utilizes renewable and biodegradable materials such as tannic acids from plants, as well as bark, wood, leaves, and wood sawdust, a readily available forestry byproduct. The team's method, known as BioCap, has proven highly effective in capturing various types of plastic particles. In their study, they focused on microparticles released from common polypropylene tea bags. Depending on the plastic type, their method trapped anywhere from 95.2% to as much as 99.9% of plastic particles in water columns. Furthermore, testing conducted on mouse models demonstrated that the process prevented the accumulation of microplastics in organs. Capturing the different types of microplastics presents a challenge due to their varying sizes, shapes, and electrical charges. Microfibers from clothing, microbeads from cleansers and soaps, and foams and pellets from utensils, containers, and packaging all contribute to the problem. By leveraging the diverse molecular interactions of tannic acids, the biocap solution developed by the researchers managed to effectively remove the majority of these microplastic variations. This sustainable solution was possible due to collaboration with Dr. Junling Guo from Sichuan University in China, as well as contributions from Marina Meiling, a PhD student, and Dr. Tianyu Guo, a postdoctoral researcher, both from UBC. Dr. Rojas expresses enthusiasm for the innovative approach that their interdisciplinary collaboration has brought, bringing them closer to combating the challenges posed by microplastic particles. So, get this, physicists have just created crystals of a material that they think is in the core of our planet using a diamond anvil. Yeah, that's right, a diamond anvil. This material is called hexaferrum, or epsilon iron. Apparently, it's only stable under extremely high pressures. And get this, scientists believe that most of the iron in Earth's core actually takes this form. Now, understanding the properties of hexaferrum could help us figure out why the texture of the center of our planet seems to have these variations in different directions. They call it anisotropy. But here's the catch. It's not easy to replicate the conditions of Earth's core here on the surface. So, to create those high-pressure conditions, they use diamond anvils and heat for short bursts of time. This team led by physicist Agnes DeWaley managed to synthesize single crystals of hexaferrum and measure its elastic properties. They had to go through this whole process of converting another type of iron called ferret into austenite and then into hexaferrum. It's like a step-by-step -step approach. What they found is pretty cool. Hexaferrum has directional dependence in its elasticity, meaning that acoustic waves move faster along a specific axis. And this anisotropy seems to persist even when the pressure changes. This could be how hexaferrum behaves in the extreme environment of the inner core. So this research could really help us understand what's going on at the core of our planet 
It's like taking a peek into the mysteries of Earth's heart. Fascinating stuff. So get this, researchers have discovered that there's a type of bacteria called oil-eating Alcanivorax borcumensis, or ALCA for short, that actually reshapes oil droplets to speed up its consumption. It's like they're little oil-devouring superheroes. These bacteria are known as obligately hydrocarbonoclastic bacteria, OHCB, which basically means they survive by consuming hydrocarbons as their sole carbon and energy source. Talk about having a unique diet, right? Now, these marine bacteria are actually pretty important because they play a key role in cleaning up oil spills around the world. When there's a spill, ALCA goes into action and forms these biofilms around the oil droplets. But here's the thing. Scientists weren't exactly sure how this biofilm formation helped with the degradation and consumption of hydrocarbons. To figure it out, a team of clever researchers developed a special device that allowed them to trap and observe bacteria-covered oil droplets in real time. And guess what they found? As the bacteria consumed the oil, the biofilm actually changed its shape. In cultures that were new to oil exposure, the biofilm grew thick and spherical. But in cultures that had been exposed to oil for longer periods, the biofilm became thin with finger-like protrusions, which they called dendritic biofilms. These dendritic biofilms were found to alter the tension between the oil and water, causing the oil droplets to buckle and reshape. This, in turn, increased the surface area of the droplets, making it easier for the bacteria to feast. So basically, the bacteria's consumption efficiency wasn't due to their individual abilities to metabolize oil, but rather because the biofilm changed the droplets' properties, allowing more bacteria to feed at the same time. This discovery is pretty cool, because it sheds light on how these bacteria optimize and accelerate the consumption of oil. It's not just one superhero bacterium saving the day, though. It's actually a whole community of different microbes that work together and sometimes compete. Understanding these interactions and processes on a larger scale will definitely help us improve our strategies for dealing with oil spills in the future. Today's episode covered a range of fascinating topics, from communication through brainwaves to the development of plant-based filters for removing microplastics from water. We also explored the evolution of mammals after the extinction of dinosaurs and the study of Earth's core. Lastly, we learned how bacteria can optimize the process of oil consumption. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'll see you guys at the next one, and don't forget to subscribe.